Patriots fans, you are now locked in to the Locked On Patriots Podcast. Foxborough faithful, it is time to open up the midweek mailbag here on the Locked On Patriots podcast, your daily home for news, notes, and analysis infused with the occasional opinion on your six-time Super Bowl champions, the New England Patriots. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Don't delay. Go to BuiltBar.com today and use promo code LOCKEDON to get $10 off your next order. Greetings and salutations, Pats Nation. My name is Mike DeBate, your host of the Locked On Patriots podcast, which of course is a proud part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And folks, because it's your team every day, that means your questions, comments, and feedback, always welcomed and greatly appreciated. Feel free to share that feedback anytime by reaching out to me and following me on Twitter at M-D-A-B-A-T-E-F-P-C. And while you're out there giving that midweek nod to the Twitterverse and saying, how you doing? Please be sure to follow the Locked On Patriots account as well at LO underscore Patriots. Pats fans, I'm excited because today we get to open up the Locked On Patriots midweek mailbag. And once again, those questions, comments, and feedback I just mentioned a few moments ago, well, they didn't disappoint. Folks, you never disappoint. I'm always amazed with the level of insight that I see in your questions each and every time we open the mailbag. And today here on the pod, I will be addressing questions regarding the future of Jarrett Stidham with the Patriots, especially now that it looks like Cam Newton is the frontrunner for the starting job. I'll also be addressing which positional depth chart I feel has performed best on the field in camp so far. How will the Patriots prepare for the regular season when they haven't had an opportunity to play in the preseason? What about that kicking competition brewing in Foxborough? And last but not least, who on this roster might be overdue for a raise? These are just some of the great questions that were submitted to me, and due to time restraint, wasn't able to answer all of the questions that were submitted, but to each and every one of you that took the time to submit a question, thank you very much. I can't even begin to put into words what your support means to me, and one way or another, I'll do everything I can to get you the answer you're looking for. But before we take a deep dive into the Locked On Patriots midweek mailbag here on this Wednesday, August 26th, The Patriots did once again hit the practice fields adjacent to Gillette Stadium in Foxborough, this time wearing only shells and shorts. It was a lighter session after two straight days of full padded practice. And if we were to assign a keyword to this practice, folks, I would say it would be return, because a lot of Patriots who have been absent recently returned to the practice field today. However, there were still a few that were absent, including defensive tackle Bo Allen, wide receiver Will Hastings, safety Devin McCourty for what is being described as a maintenance day, and of course, on their respective physically unable to perform lists, running back Lamar Miller remains on active PUP, and Brandon King is on reserve PUP. And if you're listening carefully, folks, you might think I forgot someone. I assure you, I did not. Returning to the practice field today was running back Sony Michelle. And while Sony's was arguably the most high-profile return, he wasn't alone. Offensive tackle Yadni Kajust, 
Wide receiver Julian Edelman. Safety Adrian Phillips. Glad to see him back out there, folks. Wide receiver Devin Ross. Wide receiver Jeff Thomas. All joining Sony as returning to the practice fields today. Also, there were quite a few Patriots that were present but limited in their action. Tight end Devin Asiasi, and this was actually a very good sign, folks, because Asiasi was taken out of practice yesterday with what seemed like a leg injury. He seemed to be moving around all right, but the Patriots are taking a cautious approach, and I think it's the right one. But it was good to see Devin back out there. Kyle Duggar was present but limited, so was Jacoby Myers, as was quarterback Jarrett Stidham. So a good day for the Patriots' attendance and walking wounded. There was a little bit of an injury scare at one point during this practice, and it involved Nikhil Harry. He pulled up after catching a pass and signaled to a trainer to get his upper right leg looked at. He immediately got taped up, returned to the session, and caught a pass from Cam Newton on an out route. And even though you'll probably see that he didn't have quite the same impact he's had over the past couple of days, it appears that Nikhil will still be able to remain on the field and be productive throughout the week. But the biggest personnel story of the day was definitely Sony Michelle's return. And shortly after practice began, it was made official by the NFL Network's Ian Rappaport that Sony had been taken off of the active PUP list, meaning he's back on the roster now, folks. And as expected, he didn't participate in any early practice walkthroughs, but he was reinserted into the mix while splitting reps with Damian Harris. And by all accounts, Sony looked pretty good in his return. Seemed to be moving around okay, and it doesn't appear that his health will continue to be a problem moving forward. This might just open up some competition between he and Damian Harris. And look, folks, Damian has had the superior camp thus far. He's looked great. And Harris's ability to catch the ball out of the backfield may even give him the leg up in this competition. But don't count Sony out just yet. From those that I talked to in attendance covering this practice, Sony is still showing that same burst that has made him such an effective runner at times, especially in his rookie season. I encourage you to keep an open mind here, and remember, if you're a Patriots fan, a true Patriots fan, you want Sony to do well. You need Sony to do well, just like you want Damian Harris to do well. Just like you want every player wearing this uniform to do well. At the end of the day, every player performing at their best only makes your team better. So welcome back, Sony Michelle. I'll be keeping my sharp eye on him throughout the remainder of the week and beyond. And as always, when it comes to the Patriots personnel on the field, I will bring you the latest news and notes from Foxborough here on the Locked On Patriots podcast. But today's pod is not all about news and notes. It's about your questions, comments, and feedback. And in just a moment, it will be my honor to open up the midweek mailbag here on the Locked On Patriots podcast and attempt to provide you with the best possible wisdom and counsel I can when it comes to addressing questions surrounding your 2020 New England Patriots. But first, folks, as Patriots fans, you've all heard the phrase, often imitated but never duplicated, just like your New England Patriots, folks. Sure, a lot of teams can claim to be the next dynasty, but until they've won six, can they really even be in the conversation? Yeah, that's exactly what I thought. No way. Only the best of the best can provide the best. And the only ones who could provide the best healthy, low-calorie, and delicious protein bars are the ones who provided the best in the first place. So prepare your taste buds for WOW and make Built Bar your go-to protein bar today. No one can do it like they do it. 100% real chocolate, soft, easy to chew, and Built Bar is excited to introduce six new flavors in addition to the 16 amazing flavors that you already love. Mouth-watering new flavors like cookies and cream, cherry barcia, I love that name, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp, just in time for fall. And Built Bar remains the king of the hill because they're not only low-calorie and low-sugar, but also high-protein and high-fiber. Great for all of you following the keto lifestyle. 
Built Bar has no crazy additives, half the calories of its most popular competitors, and get this, seven times fewer carbs, seven times fewer sugar grams, and more protein. How can it be that good for you and taste that good? Well, folks, all I can tell you is Built Bar is just that good. Go to BuiltBar.com today and use promo code LOCKEDON to get $10 off your next order. Again, don't delay. Make Built Bar your go-to protein bar today. Use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. Patriots fans, today we open the midweek mailbag here on Locked On Patriots. And once again, all of you loyal listeners of the pod came through in a big way. Some great questions in the mailbag this week, and I for one cannot wait to start addressing these questions. So let's dive right in. Starting things off on today's midweek mailbag episode is a question from Joel from Hull, hyphen Pats No One, at Joel Shapiro 20. And Joel's question is, in your opinion, which position group is best prepared to make a strong start to the season? Joel thinks it's the cornerbacks. And you know what, Joel? I'm inclined to agree with you. That's not to say that other positional groupings haven't impressed me. I've been very impressed by what I've seen with the tight ends, particularly Devin Asiasi and Dalton Keene. Even Ryan Izzo has come up with some big plays, and looks like he may be making a case for a spot on this team as well. The running backs that have been on the field, like Damian Harris, Rex Burkhead, J.J. Taylor, they've played very well. Of course, we know, Joel, that all eyes have been on the quarterbacks. If I'm being honest... Quarterback play, I think, still needs to elevate a little bit, but Cam Newton has been impressive. He's played his way into the starting position, and no one can argue that. On the defensive side of the ball, it's hard to ignore some of the progress being made by guys on the interior of the defensive line. Players like Lawrence Guy, Adam Butler, even Byron Cowart stepping up big in the absence of Bo Allen. When it comes to the pass rush, the defensive ends, the hybrid linebackers, Josh Uche, Anthony Jennings have been solid as rookies. I really like what I see out of guys like Chase Winovich, John Simon. Also want to show some appreciation to guys like Dietrich Wise, Derek Rivers, who needed good training camps in order to make an impact. So far, both of those guys have come up big. But Joel, the reason I agree with you is the secondary is still the strength of this team. The cornerback position is the deepest depth chart on the Patriots roster. It probably will remain that way all season long. And that begins with Stephon Gilmore. I know he's missed a couple of practices, but was back at practice on Tuesday. He didn't miss a beat. It's true that he's let up some catches in team drills on short throws. He might be a little rusty after some of that time off, but I feel very confident in Gilmore because he's moving with the same fluidity as he did last year. That tells me that once he gets his timing back, he'll be every bit the defensive star that he was last year, and I still look for a big year from Stefan. J.C. Jackson, another guy that's impressing me. Intense, very physical in practice, and he's been fun to watch so far. For the most part, he's been covering his receivers step for step. Even when he surrenders a catch, he's right there with the receiver battling at the catch point on every single target. Most of the feedback out of J.C. Jackson has been very high, and in my opinion, I think he's been the Patriots' best defensive back in camp. And I'll tell you what, we may come back to J.C. Jackson in just a moment. I also want to take a moment to give a little praise to Michael Jackson Sr. Don't worry, folks, no dad jokes on this one. He came into camp looking to make an early impression, and I think he's doing that. As Evan Lazar of CLNS Media has been pointing out when it comes to Jackson, he's using his size, his length, and his physicality to really showcase his skills. He's had a pretty contestuous relationship the last couple of days with Nikhil Harry. These two guys are going at it a lot in practice. And sometimes that type of chip on your shoulder can work to your advantage. Jackson may end up parlaying that directly into a roster spot. Juwan Williams hasn't been overwhelming as a corner. He's actually looked better covering tight ends and maybe even a hybrid safety. 
And speaking of the safety position, if there's an honorable mention on this question, Joel, I want to give it to the safety position because I believe that a lot of the players in this positional grouping have really stepped it up in the absence of Patrick Chung. Kyle Duggar has gotten the most press out of all of these guys. And look, for a rookie coming in, he's been extremely impressive. In fact, I think he's making a very strong case to be the starter opposite Devin McCourty when the Patriots kick off the regular season. Another guy that's been very impressive, and look, I'll be the first to admit, I actually left him off of my previous 53-man roster prediction, and that's Terrence Brooks. He's having a very good camp showing a lot of leadership in that secondary, really modeling his game after what Patrick Chung was a year ago. And so far, Terrence has looked very versatile out there. It pains me that right now I can't include Adrian Phillips in this group because I believe his skill set and versatility is a perfect fit here in New England. And I will quote Evan again here because I think he put it eloquently, he has to showcase that on the field. He needs to be out there. Based on the elevated play of guys like Kyle Duggar, Terrence Brooks, even Juwan Williams getting some snaps at safety, also Cody Davis showing some special teams prowess playing that Nate Ebner role, Adrian's spot on this team may not be a 100% given. I will still stand by the fact that once Adrian shows what he can do on the field, I think he'll play his way onto this roster and into a major role with this team this year. But he needs to be on the field. Now, there's been rumblings that maybe he's been held out and got caught up in some of the false positive COVID-19 tests. That may be the reason that he missed back-to-back practices. But ultimately, I'm excited to see what Adrian can bring to the field. And to me, that'll only enhance the strongest part of this team, and that's the defensive backfield. So, Joel, thank you for the question. Excellent way to kick off this midweek mailbag episode. Hope I was able to answer it accurately and as on point as you were looking for. But anytime you can mention a guy with the talent of Adrian Phillips as possibly being the odd man out in this group, you know you've got a lot of strength in the secondary heading into the 2020 season. And we'll stay on the subject of the secondary to address our second and third questions of this midweek mailbag. And these were both individually great questions, but they arrived at the same point, and that's why I'm combining them right now. And they come from a couple of first-timers submitting questions here on the mailbag. And first up asking this question was Giuseppe Salustio, buon nome paisano, at JoeySal7788. And Giuseppe asked, do you think a wide receiver will be acquired before the season? And what are the chances of either Jadavion Clowney or Earl Thomas being added? And moments later, Spencer Brown at stbrown1020 asked a similar question in asking, could you envision Belichick bringing in Earl Thomas? Or is he off the table after what happened with Antonio Brown last year? Gentlemen, the question of adding Earl Thomas is a great one, and I will address that in just a moment. Giuseppe, to answer the first part of your question about a wide receiver being brought in, I would never say never to anything when it comes to the New England Patriots. We don't know which players might be made available during final roster cuts, and whether or not anybody that might be available two weeks from now and not available now might end up being a good fit in New England. If I had to give my hypothesis on this right now, I don't see it happening. I think the Patriots have a good amount of depth at the wide receiver position. A lot of fans and media alike will hop all over the Patriots pass catchers calling them weak, inexperienced, and talentless. And that's on the nicer end of the insult spectrum. But despite the mouth-based manure that you'll hear between the hours of 2 and 6 p.m. here on the East Coast, I believe that guys like Nikhil Harry, Jacoby Myers, Mohamed Sanu can step up and be effective pass catchers for Cam Newton in this offense this year. I also have absolutely no problem in saying that the emergence of Gunnar Ashelski has made me rethink that the Patriots need more help at the wide receiver position. And this allows me to shout out my guys Jake and Matt at Pat's Chat UK who wanted to know if my opinion on Gunner making this roster is changing. And yes, guys, it is. It's changing for the better. 
Look, if Gunner was the feel-good story of Pat's camp last year, he's definitely taking that one step further this year and making a strong case to be a pretty strong contributor in this wide receiver core. Gunner has looked extremely quick. He's been a very difficult short area out for most defenders. Much more often than not, he's looked like a solid veteran out there. With the exception of Julian Edelman, Gunner has been the best on the team in getting that out-of-the-break separation in the inside-the-numbers passing game. Don't look now, but I believe he's playing his way onto this team. Of course, nothing would make me happier than the Patriots for the second straight year making that man a gunner. That's right, folks. Until further notice, the meme and the dream remain alive. But all in all, Giuseppe, bringing in another wide receiver for the New England Patriots is definitely possible. I just don't think it's likely. But you did ask about the Patriots bringing in a guy like Jadavion Clowney, and both you and Spencer inquired on Earl Thomas. Briefly, I'll begin on Clowney, and there's no question that a player of his caliber will come in, upgrade the defense. But there's a reason why Jadavion Clowney is not on an NFL roster yet, and in my opinion, it doesn't have anything to do with him not being coveted. Jadavion has never been a guy that's big on training camp, and while he's mulling his options, gives him the opportunity to stay home, work on his conditioning, and then make a decision as to where he'll be best suited to have a big year in 2020. I'd be cautious to fall into the trap that Jadavion Clowney being unsigned for all this time means he's willing to significantly lower his asking price. I think that once he puts the word out there that he's ready to sign, again folks, this is just my opinion, but it's my assessment that teams will come calling, and I think several of those teams will come in with higher bids than the New England Patriots will. So once again, Giuseppe, as far as Clowney coming to town, not impossible, but unlikely. Folks, I'll close this out with my thoughts on Earl Thomas, and this will answer the last part of your question, Giuseppe, and it'll answer your question as well, Spencer. Believe it or not, this is the first time that we've addressed Earl Thomas as a possibility for the Patriots here on the Locked On Patriots podcast. I know, folks, it's tough to believe, but there's been a lot going on in Patriots training camp. And let me start by saying that no one is going to question that Thomas has phenomenal talent. From a pure football standpoint, having him come in and play that two-deep safety look with Devin McCourty, very similar to what Deron Harmon did last year, is really the stuff that dreams are made of for fans of the New England Patriots, especially on the defensive side of the ball. But it's everything else that Thomas brings with him that I don't believe makes him a good fit for the New England Patriots. Let me be clear, though, right off the bat. I'm not disparaging Earl Thomas. I don't know the circumstances behind his dismissal from the Baltimore Ravens and what led to his altercation on the field with Chuck Clark. But the fact that the Ravens were willing to cut him loose and absorb dead money just to have Thomas off the team really isn't a good sign for Thomas's character. Shortly after Thomas's release... Jason LaComfora of CBS Sports tried to shed some light on what else might have been taking place behind closed doors in Baltimore and why they were so eager to let him go. And I'll quote Jason's piece verbatim. Many around Thomas put up with him, shall we say, showing up not quite ready to practice or missing meetings or doing whatever he cared to do on game day rather than sticking to the scheme or play call. Folks, knowing Bill Belichick and the type of ship that he runs here in New England, that does not sound like a guy the Patriots would be salivating at bringing in. And I know they've brought in players with questionable character before. Spencer, you mentioned it in your question, Antonio Brown. And let me be clear, I'm not equating Antonio Brown's situation to what happened with Earl Thomas, two completely different character issues off the field. But when you look at a player, even a player with Thomas's talent, who because of character issues has essentially played his way out of not one but two franchises... It really is a case of caveat emptor. Combine that with the fact that Thomas still has a lot left to give on the field, I don't think he's going to be willing to take a bargain basement deal unless he has no other alternative. But again, much like Clowney, I think Earl Thomas will find at least a few teams that will be willing to meet close to his asking price. So Giuseppe and Spencer, when it comes to Earl Thomas, 
He would be a phenomenal fit on the field, but a terrible fit when it comes to the character and the locker room. And based on what I said in the previous question asked by Joel, I think the Patriots have more than enough talent at the safety position to pass on Thomas and maybe allocate their resources to other positions on the team that might be of greater need. But a big thanks to both of you, Giuseppe and Spencer, for asking the question, allowing me to address the rumor here on Locked On Patriots. And as always, I hope I was able to answer it up to your specifications. But folks, we are far from being done with the midweek mailbag just yet. Coming up here on the pod, I'll be addressing questions regarding the progress of the offense and defense. Who's further ahead? And what does it mean for Jared Stidham in this offense now that it looks like Cam Newton will indeed be the starter? I'll also delve into which Patriot I believe might be next in line for a Lawrence guy-like pay raise. And last but certainly not least, we'll be delving into the new hot camp competition brewing at the kicker position. More of your great questions here on the Midweek Mailbag when the Locked On Patriots podcast continues. I don't know about you sports fans, but breaks in the action always make me hungry. I'm Mike DeBate, host of the Locked On Patriots podcast. And folks, if there's one phrase that we've heard a lot of during 2020, it's quote-unquote new normal. And some may embrace that phrase, some may find it annoying. But one thing most of us can agree on is that it's true. I'm sure that we can all relate to our classrooms, our workplaces, even our places of recreation are pretty much all the same place now. And because of that, time can be more of an illusion than a luxury. Between never-ending laundry cycles and incoming emails, you've got plenty on your to-do list. So give yourself one less thing to worry about, and let DoorDash take care of your next meal. That's right, folks. Take the stress of mealtime away with DoorDash. They're the app that brings you the food you're craving right now, right to your door. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting. With over 300,000 partners in the U.S., Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia, You can support your local go-to restaurants or choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, and the Cheesecake Factory. Many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery. So open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local restaurant, and your food will be left at your door. And again, DoorDash deliveries are now contactless to keep the communities we operate in safe. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more. That's when you download the DoorDash app and enter code Locked On. That's $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code Locked On. Don't forget, that's code Locked On for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. Patriots fans, our trip inside the midweek mailbag has already been eventful here on Locked On Patriots, and there's plenty more to go. And we kick things off in the third and final segment of our pod today with a question from my man Bob, the Fantasy Godfather at Fantasy Godfather. That's G-O-D-F-A-T-H. And not only did Bob ask a great question here, folks, he also came to me in friendship. He asked with respect. And because you did so, Bob, I will address your question on today's pod. And in true Godfather fashion, please accept this justice as a gift on my daughter's wedding day. And the Godfather asks, given the abbreviated offseason slash training camp, I expect the offenses to remain behind the defenses for at least the early part of the season. Do you agree? And if so, how might Bill try to take advantage of that? Well, Bob, this is a great question, and we all know Bill to be the master manipulator. He's playing chess when everyone else is playing checkers. He's a step ahead of the competition each and every time. Well, under most circumstances, I have no argument to that. But the type of off-season, especially with a lack of preseason games, and even the absence of joint practices, is something that we haven't seen before. 
even Bill Belichick. So for that reason, I think all 32 NFL teams, including the Patriots, are going to experience those first few week growing pains. And right there, folks, because Bob is the godfather, I will resist the temptation to sing the theme song to that 80s sitcom. And I just realized that the mere mention of it may have already gotten it stuck in your head. If that's the case, I greatly apologize. Or maybe not if you like the song. But anyway, back to Bob's question. And whether the COVID-19 pandemic affected the offseason as it has or it didn't, the Patriots were actually going to face a learning curve anyway. For the first time in 20 years, a new quarterback is going to be running things in Foxborough. And even though Jarrett Stidham and Brian Hoyer have played alongside Tom Brady, know his mannerisms, and know the system, there was still going to be a great deal of unfamiliarity. You bring in a guy like Cam Newton, who is a savvy veteran, is getting acclimated to the Patriots' playbook very quickly, but even he acknowledged that he's still getting up to speed. And even at this stage of the game, when most are anointing him the starter, he still feels that he has a long way to go. That's led to some confusion with his wide receiver core. How to best use the running backs? How will the Patriots employ the tight ends on their roster? Well, those are just a couple of reasons why the Patriots' offense has looked a little out of sorts during training camp at times. The defense, on the other hand, continues to look more solid by the day. They've won the battle of the field on more than one occasion, and they're doing so with continuity, especially in the defensive backfield, and versatility in the front seven. That's why I believe the defense will be the stronger of the two sides, especially in the early goings of the season. We're already seeing the front seven and the linebacking core be more aggressive. Some of the defensive ends are starting to rush the passer more. I look at a guy like Dietrich Wise, who's having a phenomenal camp. He's getting off the block, showing a great deal of speed and quickness, and he's getting after the quarterback. Early on, I think that's exactly how the Patriots plan to take it to their opponents. With offenses all over the NFL struggling to get timing down and really develop a rhythm between the quarterbacks and the offensive skill position players, versatile defenses like that of your New England Patriots, Bob, will be well-suited to keep points off the board. But the last I checked, the Patriots will need to put at least some points up in order to remain competitive in these games. And make no mistake about it, I believe Cam Newton and his pass catchers, whether they be wide receivers or tight ends, will do a great job of that. But early on, they may have some struggles. And if they do, you're already seeing the Patriots work on a lot of drills where they're using the running backs out of the backfield. That likely means a heavy dose of James White, Rex Burkhead, even Damian Harris, who showed a lot of flashes of being able to catch the ball out of the backfield. And Sony Michelle's return to the practice field today is a good thing, folks. Don't let the vitriol you read on social media sway your opinion on this kid. There's still a lot of talent there. I'm not going to argue the point that he hasn't quite lived up to it, especially last season. But do yourself a favor. Not you, Bob. I know you know what you're talking about. But before you're ready to banish Sony into the wasteland, go back and take a look at his 2018 postseason, his rookie season. For a rookie, he put up a phenomenal showing. For any running back, he put up a phenomenal showing. And with good health and a little bit of confidence back, and again, folks, it's on Sony to develop that, I still believe that he'll be a major contributor in this offense, whether it's as running back one or running back two because I do think Damian Harris has a shot to be the every down back. But even if he does, that doesn't mean that they're ready to kick Sony to the curb. So Bob, to sum up, on the defensive side of the ball, look for an aggressive front seven, a lockdown secondary, which I think we've more than established that the Patriots will have this year, and on the offensive side of the ball, probably a much stronger emphasis on the run, and don't sleep on that H-back fullback role. If you look up and down this roster, you'll notice the Patriots have several players that are pretty adept at being able to run that role. Dalton Keene, for example. Even their new tight end, Paul Quisenberry, if he consistently gets the chance to prove what he can do on the field, 
might actually be a pretty good fit when it comes to that H-back role. And of course, let's not forget Jakob Johnson, who is a true fullback and has had a pretty good camp himself thus far. I expect an emphasis on that part of the game early on, but don't let that fool you. The Patriots will air it out, and they do have the personnel to do it. Cam Newton may not get enough credit for it, but he has a hell of an arm, and he's capable of making a lot of impressive throws. And the last I checked, he was pretty good at moving the football with his legs as well. So, Godfather, thank you for the question. I hope I've earned your trust, your loyalty, and as the great Don would tell you, be a friend to Michael and do what he says. As an offshoot to Bob's question, our next question comes from N.E. Patriot at Pat's New Era. And it involves the quarterback position. The question reads, what's the future of Jared Stidham in New England now that Cam seems to have, quote, taken over? And this is actually a very good question. I have to say that it does surprise me that there are a significant number of Patriots fans that have made this quarterback battle between Jared Stidham and Cam Newton so polarizing. Believing that Cam Newton is the better quarterback to lead the Patriots in the 2020 season does not mean that you have to hate on Jared Stidham. If both of these guys are playing at their best, at the highest level they can this year, that's a great thing for the New England Patriots. First and foremost, it means that Cam is showing signs of that 2015 MVP that led his team to a Super Bowl. I'm not going out on a limb here, folks, and saying Cam is going to do just that this year in New England. I hope, just like all of you do, that that's exactly what happens, but it's not a given. But if Cam is playing at a very high level, it is a given that the Patriots will be able to win each and every game they play. And Cam's athleticism, his high energy, and most importantly, his experience make him the best fit to lead this team in the post-Tom Brady era. But Cam is signed for one year. I know the Patriots technically have the right to franchise him next year. It's not out of the question that they won't put the tag on him. But if Cam has a great year in Foxborough, and he knows that he can go out there on the open market and command a pretty large contract, he's going to find a way to let the Patriots know that. And if the Patriots aren't willing to match it, they may decide that putting the franchise tag on him may not exactly be the best way to motivate him to play even better in 2021. So as much as I don't want it to happen, folks, there's a pretty equal chance that Cam is a one-and-done in New England as opposed to him signing a multi-year deal here. So if it is a one-and-done, what does that mean for Jarrett Stidham? Well, even though it looks highly likely that Cam will win the starting job this year, I can tell you that there's still a large number of Patriots brass that are very high on Jarrett. They love his poise, his skill set, and his desire to win. They believe that he can be a very good, dare I say great quarterback in the NFL. But the ability to acquire Cam Newton at the price they acquired him for, plus having the option now to give Jarrett Stidham another year to develop, was simply too much of a win-win situation for the Patriots to pass up. So to answer your question, Pat's New Era, I believe that Cam is the man in the immediate plans, but I still believe that Jarrett is very much in their future plans. The only way that changes is if the Patriots decide to make a long-term commitment to Cam either during the season or at some point during the offseason before the 2021 league year begins. In the meantime, I expect Jarrett to continue to compete. I fully believe that he'll be ready to step in if at any point this season he needs to take the helm. And I believe that a healthy and motivated Jarrett Stidham will only continue to bring out the best in Cam Newton. So thank you, New Pats Era, for a great question. Hope I was able to answer it up to your specifications. And remember, Patriots fans, it doesn't make you a bad Patriots fan to like both these guys and to want to see them both do well. Our next question comes to us from the other side of the pond, and our good friend Claire L. Cooper, at Classy Claire. And as of late, Claire's been making the rounds on some Patriots podcasts, providing some pretty good insight, by the way. And of course, here on Locked on Patriots, I didn't want to feel left out, so I'm featuring her question today, and it's a good one. And if you know Claire at all, you might be surprised to find out that it's actually not tied to the tight end position. 
Claire wants to know what's going on with the new hot competition in New England, and that is at the kicker position. Claire's question is, are you surprised it took until now for them to bring in a second kicker, especially with the risks from COVID and the quarantine requirements? How do you feel about Nick Folk? Is there anyone you'd have preferred over him, perhaps? Claire, this is a great question, and I'll answer it in two parts. The first part of your question deals with whether or not I'm surprised it took until now for the Patriots to bring in a second kicker. To be honest, until I found out the Patriots had brought in Nick Folk for a workout, I didn't think they were going to bring in another kicker. I believe that the Patriots investing a fifth-round pick in Justin Rohrwasser pretty much solidified that he was their guy. But Justin didn't quite get off to the training camp start that everyone hoped he would. He was slicing some kicks, he was shanking a few, and just wasn't showing the accuracy that is going to be required of him if he plans to be the Patriots' full-time kicker. So as a result, they bring in Nick Falk, and I'll get into their choice of Falk in just a moment. Claire, I think you bring up a great point about COVID-19 and the pandemic restrictions. Four positions like the kicker position, the punter position, even the quarterback. These are positions that usually don't have a very robust depth chart. In fact, when it comes to the punter and the kicker, it's usually one and one. If either Justin or Jake Bailey were to test positive for COVID, then you might have a problem on your hands. Who would handle the kicking duties? Who would handle the punting duties? Well, we know that the Patriots are typically prepared for every contingency, but even this one might be a little bit of a challenge if you don't have additional bodies. So to that point of your question, I think the signing of Nick Folk improves their circumstances a little bit. But I still don't believe that's the main reason they brought him in. Right now, from what I've been able to gather for those that have been regularly in attendance and analyzing practices, there's something just not right with Justin Rohrwasser. I'm not going to speculate as to what it might be, because the Patriots are being very tight-lipped on that. We don't know if it's some sort of an injury. Murph and I talked a little bit about this earlier in the week. It doesn't necessarily have to be a leg or a lower body injury. Even something as simple as a shoulder or a chest injury can affect your kicking stride. But that's something I would love to keep an eye on. But Bill Belichick addressed the media this morning and made it sound like the kicking competition is wide open, saying that he thinks Folk and Rohrwasser are both good kickers, and whatever happens at the position is, quote, up to them. That might lead me to believe that Folk's presence on this team might be to push Rohrwasser a little bit, and if for any reason Justin can handle the load, then they know Nick Folk can. And Bill almost admitted as much when he said that Nick had been in contact with the team all throughout the spring and even into training camp. They obviously like what Nick can bring to the table and realize that he would be a very good fallback option if in fact things didn't work out with Justin Rohrwasser, for any reason. I know there are a lot of you out there that wonder why don't they just bring Steven Gostowski back. Well folks, I wish I had a good reason for that. I've always been a big fan of the Ghost even in the immediate aftermath of stepping in for who I will always believe will be the Patriots' best kicker, and that's Adam Vinatieri. But the Patriots chose to step away from Steven this offseason for more than just money, folks. And I'm not even completely sure it's because they thought that Steven was washed up. I think they targeted Justin Rohrwasser. They liked what they saw in him, and they wanted to bring him onto the field to see if he could be their kicker of the future. I still believe that's exactly what they want to happen. Also, don't be so sure that Steven would be just willing to walk back in the door and compete for a job that last year he was assured of in training camp. He still has some pride, and according to what I've heard from those close to Steven, he still believes he's got enough left in the tank to be a solid kicker in this league. Folk, on the other hand, I believe is a solid choice. I think the Patriots are smart to give their rookie some competition. Folk may have lingered out there for a while because he was looking for a starting job that just never came. Now, he comes into New England with essentially nothing to lose. If he ends up being the more consistent kicker of the two, he'll be the guy lining up for field goals this year in New England. If Rohrwasser steps up to the challenge, well, then that only affirms what the Patriots thought of him all along. So to answer your question, Claire, 
I think Folk was the best choice of what was available out there. Even though in a perfect world, I would have loved to have seen Steven Gostowski come back. I just don't think it was practical. But at the end of the day, I do believe Justin Rohrwasser will still win the starting kicking job when the 2020 season kicks off. So Claire, thank you for your question. Great job this week on Patriots 4th and 2. Oh yeah, and of course, hey girl. Pats fans, it is almost time to close up the mailbag here on the Locked On Patriots podcast, but not before one last question. And that question comes from the Patriots financial top gun, the Pats Cap himself, my main man Miguel Benzon, at Pats Cap. And Miguel's question is, will another Patriot receive a pay raise like Lawrence Guy before the start of the regular season? If so, who? Well, Miguel, I could be cliched and say I should be asking you this question as opposed to you asking me, but I'd be more than happy to provide my opinion. And in the interest of bringing things full circle here on the pod, our first question from Joel centered around the cornerback position, and I believe that if a Patriot does receive any type of a restructured pay raise, it will be at the cornerback position. And of course, the two starters are the usual suspects, Stefan Gilmore or J.C. Jackson. Conventional wisdom would tell you it's Gilmore. He's the reigning 2019 Defensive Player of the Year, has a very strong cap hit. And there are some stench-filled rumors out there circulating throughout social media from the cesspool of speculation that Gilmore's been absent for the last couple of days because of a dissatisfaction with his contract. Gilmore addressed the media on Wednesday, put those rumors to rest. His absence was not contract-related. So, sorry, get a new narrative. But, Miguel, it's really hard to argue with the fact that there isn't a Patriot out there that deserves a raise more than Stephon Gilmore. And if the Patriots do restructure his contract and give him a pay raise as a result, I would be absolutely fine with it. But if you're asking me my opinion, I think it's cornerback J.C. Jackson. And I said earlier when I was answering Joel's question that I believe J.C. has had the strongest and most complete training camp out of any of the cornerbacks on this roster right now. Every time he's out there covering a receiver, he is truly their shadow. It's training camp. He's going to surrender some catches, but he's always going up and contesting them. He makes the receiver work for it. And I truly believe that the Patriots are looking at this guy and realizing that this could be their cornerback of the future. And it's likely that J.C. has not even reached his full potential yet. He may still be one or two years away from his peak. If that's the case, I think it would be very smart of the Patriots to take a look at their cap space, which, according to you, my good man, at the time I am recording this podcast, sits at $31,486,135, and try to work out a much-needed raise and extension with J.C. Jackson. And you know what, Miguel? Your question has me thinking. Maybe it's time the Pats Cap returns to his home away from home to examine exactly what a contract extension for J.C. Jackson might look like. Well, folks, I know you're all like me. You love you some Pats Cap. So, buddy, I'll be in touch. Let's make this happen. Thank you for the question, and as always, thank you so much for all of your support. And on that note, Patriots fans, we close up the midweek mailbag here on the Locked On Patriots podcast. And I want to thank each and every one of you for submitting some great questions on today's pod. As usually happens on our mailbag days, there were simply too many questions to address all of them on the air. So if you did take the time to submit a question, please know that it was sincerely and greatly appreciated, and I will definitely take the time to answer that question for you as best I can via Twitter. And even though we've reached the halfway point on the week, there is still plenty more to come here on the Locked On Patriots podcast before we head into the weekend. So, to ensure that you do not miss a single second of the action, please be sure to follow Locked On Patriots on Spotify, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, download Locked On Patriots wherever you get your podcasts. 
Once again, my name is Mike DeBate. I thank you all so much for listening today and for staying locked into Locked On Patriots. Stay safe, stay well, always be the change you wish to see in the world. Have a great day, everyone.